Hi there. I'm so excited that you're here today. And I'm excited because Jesus is excited that he has this word that he wants to get to you. And he's excited for you to get the revelation knowledge of it. And so let's acknowledge him. Jesus, we thank you for sharing your heart with us. Helping us to see what we need to see. What we can't see without you. We just praise you and worship you. We acknowledge you. We look to you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and only you can recreate us in your likeness. Only you can tell us where we're at and where we need to go. So we look to you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. So God gave me this vision today, and I, I was on that narrow path. And I, I know in the Word it's called a narrow gate, but he's always shown it to me as a path. And I'm walking down that path, which seems to be an aisle, you know, that aisle that you walk down when you're going to marry someone. And all the things that were on the sides of the aisle, you would think maybe there'd be trees and it'd be beautiful and stuff. But it was all the things that I went through to stay on that narrow path. Um, caring what others think of me, unforgiveness, guilt, indecision, um, loneliness, um, wanting to have things, all the things that I put aside, pushed out in my way that the enemy brought against me to try to stop me and get me on that wide path. All those things were like stuffed. And, you know, I just named a few, but all the things were just like stuffed and, and they couldn't, they weren't like farther than the edge of the road, the path. And they were there as if to represent what I pushed through, what I did to get there. And of course, I couldn't do that without Jesus helping me. We can't do anything without him. So I'm certainly not taking the credit and the glory, but you have to pursue him. And he was showing me that, and it made me happy and excited that he was showing me that there wasn't anything, at least in that vision that was in my way. I was walking down that narrow path because I pushed everything out of the way. I was determined. I am determined to have eternal life. And that's what Matthew 7 says. It says, the path the gate to eternal life is narrow and there's few on it and the gate to um, damnation is wide and there's many on it and I saw that path next and it was just, it was people everywhere and there are things that they lust after, um, things that were important to them um, just all the things that I pushed aside, they didn't. And the enemy came in and they didn't even know it and used all these things to detain them, to distract them, to keep them from Jesus. But they didn't even know what was happening. But I did because I was pursuing righteousness. They didn't because they didn't pay Jesus enough attention. And along with all that stuff that was in their way and they were so crowded, there's so much confusion and no vision for their, their eternity. They had no idea what was going on. It was just a mess. It looked like chaos. 
and they're all on their way to hell. Matthew 7, um, 13 and 14, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and spacious and broad is the way that leads away to destruction. And many are those who are entering through it, just like I saw. It was crowded. There was stuff there. Um, there was um, pride and unforgiveness and haughtiness and, and all the dysfunction in the world. It was just thick on that path. And actually, I don't even remember seeing the sides of the path because it was just overcrowded. Like the path I was on, I saw all the stuff I overcame. It was out of my way. On the wide path, all I saw was all that stuff. All the things the enemy brings to still kill and destroy in one's life. They were mixed up in it. It was just thick. It was terrible. Verse 14, but the gate is narrow, contracted by pressure, and the way is straightened and compressed that leads away to life, and few are those who find it. Few are those who find it because few are willing to press in. You know, um, God spoke yesterday in a word that he gave us, and he said, we don't even believe. Many don't believe that they could possibly go to hell for many different reasons. Um, maybe one, just because you said this prayer, or you um, heard the lie that everyone goes to heaven. God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, I believe in him, but you don't live that life. You don't press through. Remember the rich man? He said, Lord, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus looked at the man and he loved him. He already knew the man was going to deny him. And he said, sell your stuff, give it to the poor and follow me. Because his stuff was in his way. And he denied Jesus. He walked away grieved. And so he gave up eternal life for all the stuff that really you got to push it aside because it's a trick from the enemy. It's a lie to think that you have to have those stuff, that stuff. And so Jesus will show you that. And he, really what he's trying to give you is eternal life. He's trying to set you free. That, that stuff on the wide path, it just, it clings to you. It's evil. And it's going to pull you down. And then your final end is destruction. Many don't believe that. And maybe that's the revelation you need to get, that you're not okay without, with, without Jesus. Because many say, oh, I'm fine. You know, I don't need Jesus. And... But when you get to that day, when you stand before him, you're going to realize you were wrong. But why not humble yourself now before that day so you don't have to experience eternal damnation? That's why Jesus speaks to us ahead of time. He's warning us. Not everyone who calls him Lord will enter into eternal life. Not everyone who calls him Lord. So you may be calling him Lord and you're deceived and you're on that wide path. And you're confused. Confusion comes from not obeying him. 
Confusion comes from not giving up your will, what you want to do, what your desires are. Because then you have that back and forth. Because the enemy is like, oh, come on. Did God really say? Get rid of the confusion. Get rid of the doubt by just simply obeying the word of God. Because that is your entrance into eternal life. This life here is temporary. What you see is temporary. What you don't see, what many don't see, is eternal life. You can't see it unless you're walking in the Spirit. And you're not following after the dictates dictates of your flesh. Your flesh wants its way, and it's, it's a strong feeling, and you have to tell it no. Because I trust Jesus. He has good for me. Your reward will be great. You'll have eternal life. You'll have, you know, he wasn't asking the rich man to be poor. In fact, at the end of the whole to-do, he said, whatever you give up for the kingdom of God, you're going to have a hundredfold return and eternal life. And so on the narrow path, what you're really doing is being recreated in his likeness. And in my vision, it was an aisle to walk up and to stand hand in hand with Jesus, to marry him. When you say that prayer, you're saying, I want to marry you. You're engaged with Jesus. And if you're on the wide path, you're forsaking him. If you let things get in the way, you're really saying, well, maybe I want to marry this. Maybe I am more in love with this. Have you ever noticed somebody who had a vice in their life? Or maybe you were close to that person. You were never first. It, it's this thing that they have to have. It's always first. And everything else revolves around it instead of Jesus. Everything revolves around it, that thing that they have to have instead of Jesus. And that was the case with the rich man. Everything revolved around his money, prestige. He couldn't give it away. If everything in your life is just Jesus, if it's just Jesus that you have to have, if it's just Jesus, if you want to walk down that aisle, then everything else has to be secondary. And one of my books, I wrote about how God, when, it, when he tested, um, he tested Abraham and asked him to give away, to take his son to the altar, Isaac, God showed me that he wants to be loved that way. He wants to be loved like we love that thing in our life that is so important to us. And so that's why you have to put it on the side of that aisle. Get it out of your way because God is jealous. He's not going to share you with anyone. He wants to be the most important thing in your life. 
and know that you are the most important in his life, his children, your salvation, the good that he has for you, the good plan he has for you. That's who he is. And if you want to live with him, you have to be like him. Say what he would say, do what he would do, act how he would act, represent him, um, prepare the way for him by walking down that narrow path, no matter what comes against you. No matter what comes against you, you push it away. Jesus first, just Jesus. And the persecution will come. And people will talk. And you're going to lose friends. But you have to keep walking down that narrow path to the end. Matthew seven twenty one through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, driven out demons in your name, and done many mighty works in your name? And then I will say to them openly, publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my commands. And that's what that path is about. That's what the aisle is about. If you regard him, then everything else, you, you decide that you're going to move it out of your way. He won't force himself on you. You desire that you want his desires in your life that you trust him. And all this comes by getting to know him. And that's what he said. He's going to say he didn't know you. I never knew you. You practiced lawlessness. You didn't know my will because you didn't know me. And so if we don't listen now, if you're not getting it now on that day, you're going to be just like verse 22. But Lord, he said, many will say to him, Lord, have we not done this in your name and that in your name? They're going to argue with him. It's going to be a desperate time. You're going to be like, if this is you, you're going to be like freaking out that you missed it. You're going to wish you would have listened you're going to realize you've just been religious. You went to church. You listened to a false prophet. You're depending upon what someone else said. Instead of depending upon Jesus, only he can walk you down that aisle to eternal life. Only he can tell you the truth. Revelation 3.20, he said, he's knocking on the door of your heart. And he wants to come and live on the inside of you. If you would heed his voice, if you would walk down that narrow path, if you would stay engaged with him, if you wouldn't get off the path, then he's going to live on the inside of you. He's going to help you. He's going to teach you. He's going to tell you the truth. You won't have to depend upon another person because you have him living on the inside of you, telling you what you need to know. And when you follow him, when he's living on the inside of you, 
and you follow him, it's exciting. You have happiness, peace, joy, contentment, because you know where you're going. You know what's going on. You're not on that wide, confusing, chaotic path that everybody else is on. They're just, just look around. They're just walking around in circles, not, not having any idea that Jesus is coming, just like in the day of Noah. No clue. If you never asked him, ask him. Come live on the inside of me. Show me who you are. Help me to get on that narrow path. Help me to press through the pressure. A lot of people get that far and the pressure comes from the enemy and they want to quit and give up. Just keep going. It's just a decision. And once he realizes you made the decision, he's going to back off. And then it's a breeze until he comes again. And then you just make a decision. He's going to back off. The hardest times is when you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus, no matter what, then that pressure is there. But once you make the decision and tell him to go, he'll go. So say that prayer. Ask him to come and live on the inside of you. Get on your knees every day. Hear his voice. Let him show you the truth. Let him show you the truth. Marry him. He's saying that. Will you marry me? Start walking down that aisle. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you.